Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Luke Anderson. Astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show better than they were before. Sportsier, funnier, more Labradoodles. The Sinner and the St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080thefan.com. Sir. Oh, dude, I'm hella good. Hella good? Yeah. Yeah, feeling hella good? Yeah, this weather's sick, man. Yeah, okay, cool. So you're hella good. Yeah. Is it an accomplishment just to make it to another Saturday at this point? Oh, it's totally an accomplishment. <laughs> an accomplishment. Uh, do you feel like we've achieved something making it to another Saturday? I was listening to uh, Marty and McGee earlier. Oh, yeah. Did you see him on the way out? Uh, yeah, I got here right as they were leaving, yeah. said what's up, uh, you know, to the, right. the Ducks rebroadcast game crew. Let me tell morning. you something else, man. It was awesome that they left, like, what, two two bushels of bagels for us? Are those bushels? Yeah. Crates? It's a bushel. Well, I, mean, I didn't measure it out to be a bushel. The crates were mostly full of bagels. Look, there were 26 bagels in there, a bushel. That's a bushel. Yeah. That seems fair. So, plenty of bagels. Almost no cream cheese. No. Which is kind of a jerk move, I might say. I would say so, too. Like, I've never seen anybody actually eat a dry bagel. Yeah, why would you? I don't know. I mean, I, my wife, when she toasts her bagels, hmm. she does butter, then cream cheese on top of it. Ooh. Yeah, it's not a bad way to go, actually. But, I'm hmm. usually too lazy to do it, and I'm fine with just a cream cheese. But I'll tell you, when I sneak a bite of hers, ooh, man. As a way to go. Are Toast. you a cri- or a fruit schmear guy for your bagels? Because there's the some people schmear. that get a little intense with their, but like they'll do like a blueberry bagel and then like raspberry schmear on I it. And I'm like, dude, no, I, no, I'm no. not about that life. Like I'm not about fruit bagels. Just give me the regular bagel. And then I want to put other stuff on it, like some butter, cream cheese. I'll do peanut butter on it. That kind of peanut stuff. Peanut butter on the bagel. Oh yeah. You yeah. need peanut butter on the bagel. You know what's good on a bagel? 
a sandwich. Just put whatever you're going to put into your sandwich right on the bagel. You can go cream cheese, then Tillamook cheddar, mm. thick layer of turkey, mm-hmm. pastrami, yeah. tomato, onions, another layer of cream cheese on top. If you can get a nice habanero uh, honey mustard, mm. put that on there so you get a little bit of spice on an everything bagel. Everything inside an everything bagel. That's what I do. It's not a bad way to go. A little butter lettuce. Everything inside and everything bagel. That's yeah. what she said. Amen to that. <laughs> also also a proponent of the um, of the locks and bagels. Yeah, that kind of weirds me out a bit. Does it really? Yeah. As a pescatarian over there. I know. You're a fish guy and you can't do smoked salmon? Something about the fat. Like, okay, I could do it if, say, like, I went over to your house and okay. I went to your jerky factory Okay. And you had like the locks already and everything. I'd trust that. I'm not gonna go to your regular like fast food bagel place and Ooh. trust those locks because it, it, anything about like fish sitting out for too long weirds me out. Uh, I will recommend next time you're in the Vancouver metropolitan area, mm. seize the bagel. Three locations: Hazeldale, 117, and Cascade Park. They do a nice lox and bagel. The only complaint that my wife has, uh, a little too heavy on the lox, which means I get more of her fish. Boom. That's what he said. That's exactly what I just said. You know, the only reason that I brought up bagels was to make sexual innuendos. That's it. Didn't realize that. I was just waiting for my time. Wait till we transition to muffins and see how deep you go. Ah, ah, ah. So I was listening to Marty and McGee, ah. and they're talking with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Yes. He did not sound nearly as optimistic as he has tried to sound in every interview that I've heard. Mm. He was uh, talking about the pucker factor on the Thursday tests. They did not use that language. No, they, did. they did not. But. Does ESPN on their website have like one of those little bar things, the pucker <laughs> the, the, meter? The pucker rating. <laughs> well, they've canceled four games in so the, the SEC. The wider it gets, it's green, but then as it contracts, it's getting red, and it's like, it's getting dangerous. It's, well, do you, do you know what's going on in the SEC today? I've heard. Okay, so here are the games that we're missing. Missouri, Georgia, meh, but Georgia is, what, a top 15 team, mm. even though they're four and two and whatever. Auburn, Mississippi State has been canceled. Uh, Texas A&M, that's a top 25 team, uh, versus Tennessee. That game has been canceled. And Alabama LSU canceled. That's the one I think that is. Well, that's is, why I saved it for last. Yeah, that, See what that's, I did that's the one that's really, I think, getting in a lot of people's craw is the, the Alabama LSU game because so much of that game has now become a tradition. It is so much more of a rivalry game than some of the other ones you see. Like, I would argue that that holds more kind of relevance for not only national football, but for the South than, say, a Michigan-Michigan State up in the North. Oh, there's no question. But but you would put it ahead of Michigan-Ohio State, which is one of those traditional... I got to tell you, though, it even rivals that. Like, Alabama-LSU has become this, like, folklore of a game where it's either, like hey, we're going to talk about defense, or hey, we're going to talk about one player. There's a whole culture around that Mm -hmm. thing just because of the fact that Nick Saban has basically circulated through both of the schools and had a success at both. 
And so... Well, it doesn't hurt that LSU is coming off a national championship. Yeah. They're not having a great season, but... And Alabama this, seems... Again, I don't want to say they seem bad, but they seem kind of down to earth, at least. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they didn't win a national championship last year or play for a national championship last year, which is out of character for them. Yeah. Um, but the games, the, the games this week were canceled, I think, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in succession games were canceled. But the the big fear is they do a test with all of the players and coaching staffs on mm. Thursdays and they don't get the results till Fridays. That's the day before game day. I don't know if you realize that, but just getting to Saturday, they were saying is quite an accomplishment. And if you look at what the Pac-12 is doing, you had two games canceled on Friday. UCLA and Cal are now going to scrap their other opponents. They were supposed to play Utah and Arizona State. They're just going to play each other on Sunday now. So you're kind of mixing these things in where just getting to Saturday to be able to play your games is is an accomplishment in itself. But you also have the Pac-12 going, you said in your update, it's week 11 of college football. It's week two for the Pac-12. You've already canceled multiple games, and now you're trying to do a Hey, I know how you game plan for Utah. How would you go to play Cal instead? Yes, uh, Coach Kelly. Yeah. This is uh, Dr. Fistenbender <laughs> here with your lab results. Well, you say it's in the clear. You say it's supposed uh, to play Utah. Utah had to cancel. And uh, I have some bad news. You have crabs. Wait. Uh, <laughs> no, no, wrong test. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, it's really anxiety producing this whole type of like, you know, night before testing regimen, day before testing regimen thing. I guess how I look at it is, and I thought about this watching the Oregon uh, or Oregon Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State game last week, both those games. I thought about it like, you know what? At this point, there's no narrative you can really draw on this season other than the fact that it's COVID and it's COVID. Um, and so, you know, when these things happen and you have rosters get decimated like they did against uh, or for Washington State and, you know, partly for Stanford, there's not much you can draw on the season with that. Like the Pac-12 is playing seven games. Okay. Yep. Maybe. That's not a complete. Yeah. Right. Like that's not a complete season. There's a serious risk factor after this weekend that college football will get shut down. Like it's an extreme yeah. reality that if you, if you haven't faced yet college football fan and you're listening to this, you need to prepare yourself for the reality that after this weekend, if more people start testing positive, they might just shut down college football Yeah, because for the PAC 12 more than anything else, you're not really gaining the amount of revenue that would surpass the amount of risk you have right now. I get it. The TV contracts and everything. You've got to fulfill some of those national contracts, say like Oregon and Stanford last week, but at this point, if you're just going to keep infecting students and more and more and more people around programs are going to start to get infected by this thing, you got to start questioning, is all this worth it? Yeah. The, I don't know. I, I will say one of the things, and we've talked, we talked about this last week. The, the one of the things about college football is the pageantry mm. and the pomp and circumstance that surrounds it. We've talked about it for weeks, but especially around Oregon Stanford, which has been in the last couple of years, in the last decade, it's been a great matchup. It's always been one of those games where crazy things can happen. It's a semi-rivalry. Sure. Well, they've been really good football games. Yeah. But you have a game at Otson. And it was the first time that they did the pan of the crowd where I look Sad. up. Well, 
but they do the the cardboard cutout section. Yeah, I was fine with it for baseball. Our great friend Jen Ellis, who's in here, we we uh, all pitched in and got her a cardboard cutout for the Oakland Coliseum, uh, so she could have her A's fandom. She sent me a email this week. She got it back from the folks in Oakland, oh. so she's holding it up. Fantastic. When they did that in baseball, I was like, okay. I can dig it. And she was in the foul ball section where if a foul ball beamed her cardboard cutout, they would have sent the foul ball with the cardboard cutout. She did not get one. Very disappointing. But you you have that. The the South Park cutouts in Denver, Colorado. When Those they, were great. When they, yeah. But there's something about college football where it just made me sad when they panned up and had the cardboard cutouts at Austin. And I will agree with you on that completely. And uh, I have now shifted my opinion on crowd noise and i can't tell <laughs> if it on was my side now i am like not about crowd noise thank at all. you um in fact i'm actually sick of being lied to oh i hated it from the beginning yeah. and you called me a fool i thought Everybody it was fine called me a fool i thought it was fine at first i said yeah. okay at least on the <laughs> murmur of the crowd. Give me a break. I wanted to suspend reality, but now I'm so sickened by reality <laughs> that I don't want to be lied to anymore. I don't want like, like it's so disjointing to watch a game and hear people cheering. And then like you were saying, like they do a pan of empty seats and you're like, Oh yeah, they've just been lying to me for 30 <laughs> exactly. minutes. Like, I don't mean to be angry, ignorant sports guy, but they're lying to me. They are lying I, to me. Yeah. Ridiculous. The one thing I will say about the NFL is they do not pan the crowd. They don't even pretend. No. They don't go, look how empty our stadium is. Maybe it was just the Pac-12, because I haven't watched. Now well, they're doing it right now. Never mind. There's something about the way that they show a college football game where I end up seeing the crowd, because I've got Michigan State, uh, Indiana, number 10, Indiana. Oh, right nice. I got, oh, no. uh, I got Miami, Virginia Tech in here. This is a sloppy. This is a sloppy football game. But th there's something about college football where you can't help but show the crowd more often for some reason. So every time I yeah. look up at the screen, it feels like, oh yeah, they're playing in an empty stadium. NFL does not give me that same feeling. But well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't need the crowd noise. Well, I will tell you this, and I think the reason because uh, the the reason you're kind of feeling this, and I've thought about this a lot too. Now watching weird COVID football, is that. Uh, college football game crowds are way more entertaining because you have students and families together and there's still this shred of like innocence to people being at the game. Yeah. Like it's everybody kind of celebrating. Yeah. You have students that might be a little bit drunk in the stands and everything and everybody's what? cheering. And yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's great from that uh, respect because so there's so much youth, uh, you know, youth in their prime in the crowd. And but, it's great to see yeah. the difference with that. And the NFL is, Dude, NFL crowds are made of like, I would say 30% business executives <laughs> that are just there because they got free tickets, parents with their kids who wish they didn't bring their kids, <laughs> and then the remaining like 30, other 30% is just drunk, sad guys. Yeah, but they're season ticket holders, oh, so they have dude. to be there. Oh, they're just like, oh, this is the one highlight of my week. I'm just... I'm just hanging on to these Jaguars tickets until we can get Trevor Lawrence. I know. I've been a season ticket holder forever. One of these years we're going to make it. They kicked me out of the pool. Yes. They still do the pool, right? I, I think mean, that they do. When they had fans there? Yeah. I right now, th there's one fan they let in, and they can only sit in the pool. You can only sit in the hot Damn. tub. 
Now, let me tell you something. I would totally bid on that. If I if I had, like, a massive disposable income and I lived in Florida and for some reason I was a Jags fan, you bet I would bid on oh. getting to be the only guy in the pool during a Jags Dude, game. If you had to pick right now a Florida team to get behind, I'll give you the Miami Dolphins, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm totally taking the Jags. Yes, why not? It, be, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't need to jump on that. I'll tell you why is because they're by far the worst of the teams, but you can be like, I was a Jags fan back when, because the dolphins are sad. The dolphins aren't going to win it. I know that two is great after two games and they have hope this year, but they're going to blow it and they're going to somehow screw up his career and they're going to screw up everything. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers might win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, but they're going to flounder in between those runs and you'd have to wear those stupid hats. I'll pick the Jags. You don't like the Bucks flag? No. Hmm. No, never really have. They they they're like uh they're like discount Raiders. They're the Malto meal Raiders. Mm. Is what they are. They're like uh the uh they're like the uh, <laughs> Raiders come in a box. They're like the on sugar the bottom flakes shelf. as to the Raiders frosted flakes. Exactly. Yes. Raiders come in a box. Buccaneers come in a big bag on the bottom shelf. And half the bags are leaking. You have to find the one that has been chewed up on by the mice. I got to tell you something. I'm really tired of um, of Paul the Panther, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the sweetened flakes mascot. <laughs> yes. I do well, love their off-brand mascots. They're pretty okay. Uh, they're all right. Really? Because ours are great. No, yeah. Ours are uh, they're all right. I can imagine Paul the Panther. And if anybody's lost, we're just talking Tony about off-brand off mascots yes. for cereals. Yes. Like, I can imagine Paul the Panther as just some, like, some real just worn-out panther who wears a lot of denim and a hat oh, yeah. and smokes. Exactly. He's just kind of like, yeah, they're good, I guess. Yeah. And, like, Chester Cheetah and, and Tony the Tiger call him up to hang out. He's like, you know what, guys? Uh, it's just not even worth it. You can come over here, I guess. <laughs> like, no, your place is trash, Paul. The worst. I, Ducks! I got, cougars! I got NASCAR on. Ducks! Cougars, what did you see, Will Darkens, last week from both of these two teams uh, that you expect to see replicated? What do you expect to see different up in the Palouse? We will start. It's Ducks game day. We start there next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan and Radio.com. All right, welcome back in. Straight out of nowhere. Speaking of nowhere. Ducks up in the Palouse today. Very disappointed. We're not doing weather today, or are we doing weather today? No. I don't want to. I don't want to break up uh, anybody that's highly anticipating Will Darkens' weather forecast. Pullman, Washington, Saturday, today, the 14th of November, 2020, a year that we'd like to just wipe off the hmm, history uh, journals that we're all writing. Not my favorite year. Not the best. Not the best year anyone's ever had. Yeah. Who who out there right now is having like? 2020 is the best year for who? Hmm. And there's got to be somebody that's just killing Like DraftKings is killing it right now because all the sports came back at the same time and legalized gambling is all kind of ramping up. I know they just had a great report. I would say grocery store CEOs. <laughs> really? Toilet paper CEOs. Yeah. Boom. That's it. They're having Mr. incredible Charmin. years. <laughs> Mr. Sharman is sitting on an actual throne instead of just a toilet. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. That's the only thing I could possibly imagine. 503-250-1080. Who's having the, not just the best 2020, but who's having their best year ever in 2020? And uh, we'll submit uh, toilet paper CEOs right now. Um, we, I didn't go to Costco th- this week, middle mm-hmm. of this week, mm-hmm. uh, and they're out of toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we we went there yesterday, and uh, it was... W- <laughs> I hate to say that we did this because we were totally reactionary, but when Kate Brown did the uh, two-week uh, freeze. The um, pause. Yeah, the pause. Yeah. My wife totally was like, oh, we should go to Costco. And I go, no, this is like the worst time to go to Costco because everybody's doing what we're doing, which is freaking out and going to Costco to get yep. stuff. She goes, yeah, but there's a two-week freeze, so we should go to Costco. And so I relented, and we went to Costco. And sure enough, when I got in there, every cart had like three of those toilets. <laughs> Papers. See, my my wife did the. I'm going to Costco on Monday. Uh, I didn't make it. I'm going to go on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, she's like, "Can you just go with me? I really don't want to go." And then we go, and then we walked back. And I think we needed paper towels. We didn't. We're okay on toilet paper because, you know, we buy it when we need it, and we just assume that there's not going to be so much panic in the country that we'll be completely right. out. And we go, "Oh, there's five rolls left. Let's buy some toilet paper." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we go back there, and it was like, oh, yeah, it's all gone. It's all gone. And there's just people milling around, like, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. And then there was some woman who had her mask off and was holding court. And I we kept forgetting things and going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I walked past this woman three times. Each time she had a bigger crowd telling everybody why this is all BS. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was. Oh. Oh, yeah. She was terrible. Did she had a chin diaper on? No, she didn't. Oh. She had no mask on, and everybody came up and chin diapered. And I, if I counted, like when was the last time you went and actually tried to count how many people know how to cover their nose with a mask? Uh, well, you know, see, here's the thing, though. You are in Washington. Yeah. Uh, though Southwest Washington is incredibly close to the Portland metropolitan area, there is a cultural shift. There is. And I would say that in Washington County, where I am and where I have been in Multnomah County and just kind of around the greater Portland area, everybody's pretty good about masks. Now, here's the interesting thing. Once uh, once Brown did the freeze. Um, it the brown trended, freeze? Yeah, the brown freeze. Or as I like to call it, enchilada night. Hi-oh! I, did, I don't get that. that one there. Yeah, there. Yeah. Um... Oregon was trending on Twitter, and all these people that don't live here were just basically like, Oregon is so stupid. Why are they doing blah, 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 blah. And so they go, gosh, I can't believe Oregon is so irresponsible that nobody wears their masks. And all these people from Portland were like, dude, everyone wears the masks here. And then all these other people from, like, eastern and central Oregon came out of there like, Oh, no, dude, not here. <laughs> like, central eastern Oregon, it's bad. Like, no one's wearing masks. Was there a trending uh, uh, trending movement of people moving to Oregon because of that, too? Like, everybody's just going to move out to eastern Oregon where it's, like, the wild, wild west? It's, like, no one around. Anyways, you're... I'm Pullman- going to move to Nyssa. <laughs> I think we got off track. Your forecast in Pullman, Washington, after three days of everybody telling me we're getting a snow game today. Yeah. 39 degrees. Oh. Yeah, 20% precipitation, 76% humidity, 23-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, Pullman is the most miserable miserable place to play in the Pac-12. You've mentioned that. Yes. Every single opportunity that you've gotten. The only place I can think that's worse, and it's not the weather, is Tucson. 
Uh, Arizona yeah. is terrible to play in because when they used to have fans, their student section is like horrific. They're the worst people on planet Earth. Arizona's student section, I, I know that everybody has like. Are they like wild cats? Well, similar. Okay. They're excited cats. Um, their student section is like 10 times more drunk and rowdy <laughs> than your average student section. Really? I've never played in an SEC environment. I always assumed Tempe would be worse than Tucson. Oh, no, dude. Hmm. Tempe is like, well, at least when I was there, um, Tempe was like controlled. Hmm. Okay. Mostly because it was such a massive stadium. You didn't have like a dedicated student section. Gotcha. That's the problem with the Zona Zoo. The Zona Zoo is literally one whole side of the stadium. Gotcha. So, like, you get all these drunk, sunburnt hillbillies just sitting over there screaming at you. Pullman sucks playing in because the minute you get there is the minute you realize it's not going to get any warmer. <laughs> like, like, you kind of, there's this whole thing in your head where you're kind of like, oh, warm up. The it, sun it, will come warm out. up. And yeah, once I warm up, I'll start feeling better. You never feel better. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, at 3 p.m., they're expecting some rain uh, through about uh, 12 a.m. Uh, is how the forecast looks. So uh, right now it's uh, partly cloudy, um, but you're not going to get any snow for the game, but you could get rain. Um, we've we've gone over a little bit here, so we will preview the game by looking back at what both of these teams did last week. And there's some really great uh, Goodyear texts we'll have to mention coming back. We'll definitely get to people those. Say, people have been having a pretty good years. Well, well, we'll take a look at who's having a good year. 503-250-1080. Who is not only having a great 2020, but this is their best year ever. Uh, send those in. 503-250-1080. Uh, we'll get to some of those and your Ducks, Cougs, preview, rewind, look back, look ahead after this College Scoreboard Update. All right, welcome back in. We will eventually get to talking some football, but before we do, 503-250-1080, trying to figure out who is not just having the best 2020, but 2020 is the best year that they're having. Somebody says, I had a baby daughter. 2020 has been good for that first child, so congratulations to you. And I think that qualifies anyone born in 2020 as officially having their best year ever. Yeah. So why not dude, that set the bar pretty low for, I hope it gets better from here. Um, I will say that my kids have, uh, they're turning four next week. My twins, mm. uh, they're pre at pretty much the right age where we can kind of just go, ah, things are not that weird. Let's just kind of keep things rolling. Try to keep them in the routine as much as we possibly can. What do you uh, mean by that? Not well, that they're weird. not school age, so they don't have to worry about doing Zoom oh. classes. They're not in kindergarten yet. Um, they, you know, they we can communicate with them pretty well, but they, we don't need to get too deep with anything because even if you wanted to explain what it means when we say, well, there's a lot of sick people, so we're not going to go to Is wherever. that how you're explaining it to them? Yeah, there's a lot of sick people. Because if I go, well, there's a virus and there's a it's a pandemic and whatever, there's they, you I mean, can communicate. They understand what sick people means, but they don't quite understand, you know, why we can't, you know, they understand why we can't go see grandma and grandpa in California, but they don't understand, you know, that this has affected the entire world and the, you know, the, the stress it's putting on the global economy and the election is adding into it and somehow they've politicized wearing masks. We don't have to get into all that with our kids, but my brother's 11 year old, that, some of that's seeping through. I would imagine. Yes. So, again, if for anybody that has kids that are older than four, I imagine it gets increasingly more difficult the older they get. 
I would think 11, 12 is probably when you have to, like, you know, like, even up to kids. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think anytime before that, you can do probably what you're doing, which is, like, you know, paint a rosy picture of it or the rosiest <laughs> that you can. Yeah. I will say what you're telling me reminds me of uh, if you've ever seen Scary Movie 3 where uh, one of the kids uh, – one of the kids' teachers dies, and uh, they're like, how are we going to tell her? And uh, one of the characters goes, it's okay, I'll handle it. And he goes up to her, and he says, uh, hey, you remember uh, your teacher, Mrs. Smith? She goes, yeah. He goes, she's dead. She's dead. She's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first couple scary movies were pretty good. Yeah. They were great. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, 11, 12, that's probably it. Because I think about myself, and I think about that's you, that's like when I started to become – like aware that there was this adult world sure. and this adult lens of looking at things. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think as soon as your kids hit kindergarten, you have a disruption. So anybody that has had to start kindergarten this year, mm. that's a mess. Anybody that has had to transition from kindergarten to first grade, yeah. they, they went through the mess during the school, end of the school year last year, and now mm -hmm. they're trying to transition into it. So I'm just very lucky to be a part outside of that. But um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty good for that. Another nominee for best year ever, Pat Mahomes. Mm. He did win the Super Bowl to start the year. Got married. I think he has a kid on the way. So uh, plenty of got good an things insane going. amount of money. Yes, he did get out. Promised the Ga prospect of an insane amount of money. Gazillions of dollars. Jeff Bezos, uh, another nominee. I gotta tell you, I watched a uh, <clears throat> I watched a Frontline documentary on Bezos the other day. Yeah, and I'm scared of that guy. You should be. Yeah, he's the the fact that he went from like I sell books out of my apartment to Lex Luthor as yeah. far as. The his image. Well, they talked about that too. They they showed all this early footage of him in the '90s when like Amazon was run out of like an empty storage facility in Bellevue, Washington, yeah. and like he seems so unassuming. Oh sure, just like he has this booming, jovial laugh, and he's yeah. just kind of. And then like under all of it, they were like interviewing these people who were like the first Amazon employees, and they were like, "Oh yeah, like he would do that in front of cameras, but in meeting rooms." It was yeah. always about, like, how are we going to take over the market? Yep. And it's just like, they were like, oh, yeah, it was scary in those meetings. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, photo Photos before and after uh, billions of dollars. Yeah. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, very fun to look at. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. Fantastic. Bezos somehow got jacked. Yeah. And Elon Musk uh, regrew all his hair. Which is <laughs> fantastic. So super nerd to, like, hey, I'm a billionaire. Electric cars. What did you see last week from the Ducks that worries you? And what did you see from the Cougars that should worry Duck fans? Uh, nothing from the Cougars that would worry Duck fans at this point. And I don't know how if that's so much as uh, <laughs> if that's so much as how bad the Beavers' defense That's is. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, Oregon State's defense is atrocious. Now, their <laughs> offense is incredibly underwhelming. Jamar Jefferson uh, was very good. That's a one bright spot. Uh, Tristan Jebbia uh, seemed okay. Um, but, you know, I digress on the Beavers. I'll go back to Oregon and say that... Um, so, so, so Cougars won 38-28 over the Beavers, but that yeah, was more the Beavers being bad was, than the Cougs being I, good. I got to tell you, it was not 38-28. It was a desperate plea at the end for Oregon State yeah. to try to get back into that game. And actually, they came within three with about, I'd say, 220 left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And Washington State scored uh, on this insane, like, 
the back was literally alone in the middle of the field sprint to this uh to the end zone so uh there's not a lot to worry about if you're duck fans only maybe the fact that like you'll still have a little bit of rust and you have to play in pullman which as i previewed before sucks sure bright spot for the ducks is that um tyler shuck seems uh about We're doing bright spots an hour too what well, worried you about the ducks if I, anything i would say the only thing that worried me was that the defense was a little underwhelming there's a lot of big plays Stanford had. There was a lot of big plays, and there wasn't a lot of pressure from the line. Yeah. And that kind of worried me because that was the thing that everybody pointed to coming into this season, saying that, like, you have Kayvon Thibodeau, you have all these returners. And, you know, I, I listened to the analysts, and you go back and watch the tape, and you can see some little bright spots of, like, oh, well, they did get pressure. Not enough for yeah. what it's billed to be. Especially with a patchwork o-line for yeah. stanford I yeah it, it was a little underwhelming and again i have to kind of take that with a little bit of uh you know i guess i i have to see that through kind of a, a an adjusted lens because yeah. again this is their first game not having gone through a fall camp and not playing in however many weeks i think mario cristobal said as much uh, uh post game saying that you know for not playing a football game for x amount of weeks uh, I was pretty pleased with the outcome, which was a win, which was a pretty commanding win for the most part. But you also just look at it and you say there are some parts to this team that were a little bit underwhelming. Now, yeah. apart from the defensive line, as you suggested, when we get into hour two, there was parts that were completely overwhelming. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a lot better than I thought. Fantastic. We will talk about the bright spots for the Ducks. We'll preview the game uh, today against the Cougs in hour two. But we need to get to good versus evil. The fans are demanding it. The fan tax line is blowing up. Would you just get to good versus evil? You know what? We will. We will. We'll do it next. This is the Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan and Radio.com. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. I did it again. Really? Yeah. What is wrong with you? I don't know. You have more time to prepare than ever. I know. Golf I get distracted. <sighs> you okay, were, you're going to have to. here at 4 a.m. I got here at 4.15. You already parked outside. Whoa, 4? That's a bit early. Well, well, you got here before 4.15. We do a lot of prep for this show. It's a two-hour show. I usually spend about 12 hours preparing for it. Okay, guess who this is. <laughs> oh, boy. What is wrong with you? I'm in State Farm commercials. Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah. It's being reported the all-star point guard could be heading to Phoenix. The Suns are actually pursuing Paul, who spent last season in Oklahoma City. He also has two years left on an $85 million contract. Is Chris Paul the solution to the Suns' playoff absence woes? Mm, no. Hmm. I, I, I so would consider this. It's just Chris Paul being added to that roster yeah, right now. No, I, the, the reason I hesitated is I, the year that Oklahoma City had last year was way beyond anything I expected. But it was such a bizarre year where you have the big pause in the middle. They actually played pretty well. They almost beat Houston in a playoff series. And a lot of that is Chris Paul. Uh, I, 
I'm, I'm straining to figure out the rest of their roster and where their weaknesses are. Devin Booker is great. They've got a big man. They've got other pieces there, but I didn't watch a lot of Phoenix Suns basketball. You Can didn't? Chris, sorry. <laughs> I know they went 8-0 in the bubble and almost took that final Wait. spot, but they didn't. Let me tell you something. You talk about good years. That made my year, but I following get- the Suns every game. <laughs> Is DeAndre Ayton uh, an impact player in this league and does having a setup man improve, you know, his ability to to go out and dominate the league? I don't think it hurts. It's still the Western Conference. It's still very tough. Uh, I I will say, I will say it is a yes. If they get Chris Paul, they are a playoff team. All right, here's the next one. LeBron James. LeBron James. I have information on LeBron James. Stephen A. Smith? No. Ooh. LeBron James, he's bigger. LeBron James, I have information. Brian Windhorse. That's right. Oh, really? Uh, you got a little higher pitched. LeBron James, LeBron James. Blah, sandwich. LeBron James, LeBron James. The Houston Rockets are now in no. free fall following a scathing report from ESPN that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are not comfortable. That was the words being used. Yeah. Not comfortable with the future of the franchise. The Rockets, 86 head coach Mike D'Antoni, D'Antoni, and general manager Daryl Morey after another pointless season of early playoff exits. With all this tumult has come trade rumors. Once with potentially sees Harden with the 76ers and Westbrook with the Knicks. What should the Rockets do? Uh, They should implode. Um, I mean, let's be honest. The Rockets have been a almost. So by implode, you mean you're good with these moves being made. Like, yeah. they should get rid of both Harden and Westbrook. They, they, Yes, they should detonate from within. Uh, the Westbrook-Harden uh, thing was interesting to think of what D'Antoni could do with it, but you're really telling me you're going to bring in another head coach that's going to go, I know what to do with this combination of dudes. Now, uh, Austin Rivers has already opted out. He's like, dude, I'm getting out. I'm getting out of here as quick as I can. That's a guy that needs a job. So, I, you know... I say just burn the thing down and start over. Uh, how bad could it be if you if you if you go to the bottom of the barrel and try to do a process where you tank for a little while and get better? How hard could that be? Can we can we possibly point to just James Harden? Yeah, you can. Get I, I'm sorry. I'm so tired of people bringing this guy up, and he just flops in the playoffs. So if you're trying, so your options are continue to try to build around Harden yeah. or Westbrook. Yes. Or get rid of both of them and start over. Get rid of both of them and start I, over. I think it just proves you can't build around James Harden. James Harden is a piece. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't really care if he scores all these points. He is atrocious on defense, and he is lackadaisical when it gets later in the season. Well, he doesn't want to win, dude. He gets tired. Dude, he doesn't want to win. He gets tired. All right, here's my next one. No. Hey, Stephen A. No. No. Max Kellerman. Nice. Yeah. Tony La Russa was recently hired to manage the Chicago White Sox. It's a big deal if you're old and you enjoyed baseball because La Russa is a 76-year-old Hall of Famer. But now it turns out that the day before the Chicago signed Tony, he was charged with a DUI stemming from a February, that's right, February incident. USA Today reports that LaRusa is, quote, in no way of losing his job or even being disciplined, unquote. Worst year in the past decade for the MLB. Not only do you have this, but you have the protracted COVID season, the mishandling of the uh, Houston Astros cheating scandal. Yes. And you have the Dodgers causing a potential super spreader event at the World Series. 
potential super spreader event? Uh, was Are we talking about the Justin Turner hanging out with the guys that he played seven innings with? Or the every time Los Angeles wins a championship in 2020, they turn Los Angeles into a No, 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 dude. He didn't have zone. COVID before then. Yes, <laughs> It literally came on in the seventh inning. Yes, I know. Uh, not, not worried so much about uh, the Dodgers uh, super spreader event. But, yes, it has been a very bad year for baseball. Let me ask you a question. If you're Tony La Russa, hmm. why are you driving your own car? I saw a headline yesterday that said J-Lo has not driven a car in 25 years. If I had God. any amount of money or fame or authority... I would have people drive me around really? all the time. Oh yeah. I listen, I don't I don't abhor driving. I enjoy it enough. But yeah, if I could have somebody drive me around all of the time, absolutely. Or if I could take like a helicopter or hang glider everywhere I went. Yeah, even with the Kobe thing. Yeah. I kind of feel like I I like driving and I think if I had that amount of money. I think I would go buy super nice cars to drive. Oh, no. See, because I, I've driven really nice cars before. I used to uh, oh, do. Oh, tell me all about it. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, big time. Before big time. I got into the big times of broadcasting, I worked at Hertz Rent-A-Car. Oh, Have yeah. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of Hertz. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of real nice cars on the Hertz lot. There were nice cars at the airport that I got to go to pick up. You get to drive a Taurus every once in a while? You got to go drive some. Dude, just drove a RAV4. You get to go drive. Some pretty sweet challengers. Oh, yeah. Some Bugattis. A couple of sweet Mercedes. <laughs> and I'll say, driving a really nice car is really fun. Oh, yeah. I'd rather like, have... if it has awesome handling and a huge engine, it's a lot of fun. Better to have a driver in, like, a Chevy Malibu. <laughs> what kind of Malibu? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's loaded. We talking ST edition? <laughs> STD edition. <That's> t- <laughs> or, or would you rather have drive your own Rolls Royce? Well, I wouldn't want to drive my own Rolls Royce. Yeah. Because the whole thing about a Rolls Royce really isn't the performance. It's the interior. Oh, okay. Like, it's insane. Yeah. You know, it's... All right, Lamborghini. It's pretty much like a souped-up small limo. I don't, I a just, Lamborghini, yeah, that would be fun to drive, I would think. Yeah, I just see, I just see like, pro athletes and stuff, and they probably don't have the kind of J-Lo money that they need to drive her around all the time, but it's like, oh, so-and-so was caught in a hit-and-run with their Lamborghini, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Why, why are you driving? Well, Jim Ursay, he's the perfect example of what you're talking about. All the about. pills in the back. Why does Jim Ursay have a bunch of pills in the back of his car and he's <laughs> driving a knee beer? Dude, get a driver Thank and you. then you can put the pills in the driver's car. Yeah. Like, if, if you're, maybe you drive day to day, but if you're going out to party, like, dude, just set up a driver yes. for the evening. Like, how much time have you spent in the back of a limo for, like, I did a, a stand-up tour, and there was a couple stops where, like, the host was like, we're taking you guys out of the town. we jump in the back of a limo and go out and get treated for the night out. Yeah. Dude, that's the way to go out. Just have Chuck from Chuck's Limos pick you up, and you want Chuck. <laughs> oh, no, don't say your brother, Tim. Chuck. I don't know, man. Tim's all right. Ah, he's a little chatty. He's a little chatty, and I'll say the bodily fluid stains in the back kind of put me off. That's the last time I drove in a limo high school. Yeah, you did. It was a weird time. It was good homecoming. We didn't get one for prom. The stains were so, <laughs> so disturbing. We're like, we'll just drive ourselves to prom. And then we all got DUIs. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from the UK. Your headline, woman, 91, 
who was stranded for two days after falling at home, ate plant soil in order to survive. Oh, no thanks. Anyone... Did she eat the plant already? Well, you're about to find out. Okay. A 91-year-old British woman relied on eating plant soil for two days in order to survive after she fell while home alone and was unable to get up. Yeah, I'm falling and I can't get up. That sounds familiar from something. Rosemary Frank, hell of a name. Uh, so my my grandmother on my mom's side mm-hmm. was Rosemary, and mm-hmm. my grandfather on my mother's side was Frank. Rosemary and Frank Bosch. There you go. Well, I think this probably has something to do with I'm you. I'm just saying. There's a reason it's here in front of me. I'm going to have to eat plant soil at some point in my life, aren't I? Uh, upon eating the soil, the elderly woman was lying on the floor. Let's see. Wait, well, she started eating the foil spo- <laughs> so before she fell. I'm trying to. I'm parsing through she, this. She had a hard time standing up because she was holding the entire bag of potting soil, and then it just tipped her over. She's a frail woman. Quote, the last thing I remember was speaking with my daughter in Canada on Sunday night. The next thing I know, it was Tuesday, and I was in the hospital, she shared. I don't remember anything that happened for those two days or, or how I fell or got injured. So this woman blacked out Zoned and ate out plant ate a soil. Bunch of plant soil. They found soil in my stomach, so I must have eaten some in desperation to try to stay alive. That's insane. Yeah. Have you ever had to fast for 24 hours? Uh, no. You haven't? No, like for a surgery or anything like I've that? I've actually never had major surgery. Okay. Well, there you go. So, yeah, like if you have to fast for 24 hours, at the end of it, you're pretty hungry. Sure. But not like, eating plant soil. But like you blacked out and ate plant soil? That's insane. <laughs> she was like, the last thing I remember was tied off. I don't even remember injecting the heroin. <laughs> All I know is 91. I woke up and my cigarette was gone. I mean, they told me that I, I ate a whole bunch of plant soil. I don't know how that happened. I couldn't find the plant. Yeah, that's a, that is a wild one. Um, you know what? Instead of eating plant soil, eat Hawaiian food from 808. It's at ate oh ate.com on the line. That will give you hours, location, menus. They've got two locations. Their food is fantastic. You should pick some up on your way home or order some to be delivered today, and they bring you Good versus Evil every week right here on The Center and the Saint. We get into hour two. We get into what Will expects from the clash between the Cougars and the Ducks. We'll take a, a look around the rest of the Pac-12, look at some NFL All in hour two of The Center and the Saint next on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 